You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to First Bite, our Detroit Lions preview podcast playoff edition. Ryan, have we done a playoff? We never went back and checked if we've ever done a First Bite playoff. Is that, is that a thing? I think this is the inaugural. I don't think we've done one. Oh my gosh. Let's crack a, a bottle of champagne on this ship. <laughs> of course. <laughs> my, my name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the producer over at Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit Online. That other voice you hear, of course, is the senior editor of Pride of Detroit, is the rock god, is Ryan underscore POD on Twitter. Ryan Matthews. Ryan, how excited are you for this? Uh, I think we're going to name this... Uh the ship the the ss please god just win <laughs> please let these ulcers not solidify and make me i mean just just like everything yeah. beyond this game is house money let's get there let's get to the house money stage it's the hardest stage to get to <laughs> it, it is um but as all of you who have been listening all year long know this first bite isn't just about Ryan and I rambling about praying to the 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 football gods out there we like to bring on a guest from the other side of the sideline of the field i don't know something like that you'd think i'd have these intros down by week 19 but no not at all uh anyways it's rams week we need to learn more about the rams outside of just one football player so we got ourselves a great guest here he is a staff writer for our friends over at turf show times of course the rams blog here at sb nation blaine greasack is here ben Thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, I think, you know, coming into the year, this is a playoff matchup that everybody would have loved to see. And here we finally are and uh, a lot of emotions in this one and really excited for Sunday. Yeah, uh, I think excited is a proper word for for here over in Detroit as well, although maybe with a little bit more anxiety because it feels like maybe the Rams are playing with a, a little bit of house money. If If I can opine myself, maybe you feel differently, but... Um, the way that this season started, the way that maybe expectations were coming off of 2022, the Rams were three and six at at the deadline or at the uh, at the bye week. They come out and just completely turn everything around. So before we even get to the offense versus defense stuff, can you provide some background on how that happened so dramatically? Yeah, no, I think it's just the um, the product of a young team kind of growing into the season. I think at roster cutdowns, I think they were the second youngest team in the NFL. I, I think you look at a team that was in a, that was in a similar spot. You look at the Green Bay Packers. You guys are obviously very familiar with. They started three and six as well, and are, are also a playoff team. So I think it's just a product of um, young 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 team and young players sort of growing into a season. And then um, you know, you, like I think Kobe Turner, for example, he he kind of first. Kind of started there in week five. Uh, Kevin Dotson at right guard, the guy they traded for beginning of the year, got his first start at right guard at week five, and they haven't looked back since. So I think it's kind of a team just kind of figuring things out in that first half, of the first half of the year, and then at the bye they kind of um, put those final pieces together, and they're 
31 cents. Yeah. And, and, and Blaine, I think what Lions fans are trying to do because they're trying to, you know, maybe um, kind of soothe over any concerns that they might have about this red hot Rams team, or just because they see so many national pundits that are like, man, look out for the Rams. They're hot as anybody. They look at that second half of that schedule and they, you know, they start poking holes, right? They're like, oh man, who they really played? You know, the, the Browns didn't have Miles Garrett. They were starting Joe Flacco for the first time. That doesn't feel like a good win. Um, you know, this, that, or the other thing, you know, they, they played all these lesser opponents. Um, maybe speak to what the Rams were able to kind of clean up and how they were maybe able to mature, like you mentioned, maybe a young team and how that kind of uh, proved itself over the second half of the season. And, and maybe was it just a matter of them kind of relearning how to win, so to speak? Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's, that's certainly part of that. I think really over, over after the bye week, you kind of saw the marriage of the run and the pass in the offense. Um, I think you look at the numbers in the first half of the season, and um, off- offensively, they were they, they were still putting good you know, good numbers, especially in EPA. But it just felt so disconnected. The the, the, the run game, the pass passing game, were just they were still two very different things. And kind of after the bye, those things really kind of started coming together. And I think I think you know a big part of that was Kyron Williams, who I know we'll talk about a little bit later, I'm sure. But um, he came back off of IR, and he, when when he came back in week twelve, it's been it's been full speed ahead. So I think you you, you look at that, and I mean. You, you kind of you, you play who you play, I guess. In the NFL, you know, uh, I mean, at the time, the Seattle was six and three. They were still considered a, a contender at the time. Uh, the Saints, um, they there's a fringe playoff team. The Browns, it, it was Joe Flacco's first start, and, and, and Miles Garrett wasn't fully healthy. But um, it's it, that's, that's still a team that, for the most part of the season, has looked has looked pretty darn good. Um, so yeah, it, it, you kind of play who you play. But I also clap back a little bit and say, you know, who who, who will the Lions beat this second half of the season? I mean, Minnesota sure. twice. Um, also, a, 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 a struggling Denver Broncos team trying to struggling to find its identity. So I think it kind of it, go, it goes both ways for sure. No question. And and by the way, I owe you an apology. I think I called you Ben at the top. It's Blaine. Um, my my fault there. But um, the the other thing that that I think Lions fans look to to try to poke holes in is is that Giants game. We all kind of were watching excitedly at the end of that game because it was an opportunity to maybe avoid what what this matchup um at the time. So what's your explanation for what went down in in that game? Um, is it just one bad game and nothing or? Um, I don't know. How, how do you explain how close that game was against, obviously, a Giants team that struggled this season? Um, yeah, I think a lot of that is just a product of, of Wink Martindale. I think he's one of the best, better defensive minds in the yeah. league. And he might not, there might, there might, might not have been a lot of talent on that, on that defense, on that Giants defense, but he was going to throw everything at you and, um, and see how you handled it. And, um, Stafford, you give back to the 2021 season when Wink was with, with Baltimore, and that was one of Stafford's, I think, worst games he threw two interceptions one being a pick six i think to chuck clark um so, so it was just i, th- I think a, a coordinator that kind of got to stafford a little bit uh the rams offensive line they, they kind of they they, they kind of struggled, have struggled with um protecting stunts at times this year and you get some creative blitzes coming coming from you on the other side and uh protection start to break down a little bit so i, I think it's kind of just a mixture of a frisky giants team and uh, maybe maybe stafford and the rams, the rams offense just being slightly off a little bit well, so so Blaine, let, let's let's jump right into uh, you know the, the the meat and potatoes of of our first segment. We're going to talk about the Rams' offense versus the Lions' defense, and we're going to start um, where you know us as Lions fans, we're pretty familiar with the guy, uh, Matthew Stafford. You know what has been the key to him kind of turning things around? Um, 
maybe after kind of what could maybe be considered, you know, uh, a Super Bowl hangover of sorts in terms of the the Rams roster getting reset and uh, dealing with injuries himself in 2022. Um, what what has been kind of the thing that unlocked Matthew Stafford in the second half of this uh, 2023 season? Um, yeah, I, th- I think the, the the first half I think is a weird case where the stats and the film didn't necessarily line up. Uh, I think you, you I think you watch Stafford in that first half of the season and you see him make these insane throws every single week, like Matthew Stafford does. Um, and I, I think you, you go to the second half, and, and the, the throws just kind of became a little easier. Um, I, I just kind of I always go back to this quote from from Mike before back in October. He says, "Just because." Stafford's capable of doing a lot. You have to be very, very disciplined to make sure all guys are comfortable. So it's one of those things where, you know, just because Stafford has all these clubs in his bag, you don't always have to use, use like every single club. Um, so, you know, the first half of the season, he was, he had a minus 5.9 completion percentage over expectation, 8.9 average depth of target. So that completion percentage over expectation ranked last at the time, uh, average depth of target ranked fourth. And then you go back to the, go to the second half of the season and he had a positive 1.3 completion percentage over expectation, and his, his ADOT was down to um, 7.3, which ranks, which ranks 20, 20, 24th during that time period. So I think the throws just got, got a lot easier. Um, after week 11, he only had two games where his ADOT was over nine yards. So um, the throws became easier. They were taking the shots when, um, when, they, when they made sense rather than always going, rather than going boom or bust every single play. That's super interesting because I think, you know, most people here in Detroit, remember Matthew Stafford for the gunslingerness, right? Like the, the ability to chuck it downfield and, and go for the big play when it's there. Um, and if there was any criticism while he was here, it, it was that maybe he didn't have the touch for the short yardage passing game. And so to, to see that that part of his game has developed into kind of the identity of this offense right now, is super interesting. Now, obviously Stafford can't do it without receivers and he's got a pair of big playmakers in Puka Nakua and, and, and Cooper Cup. And um, I use this term because I know Brad Holmes uses it all, all the time. And, and if not mistaken, Les Snead uses it all the time. What are those two guys' superpowers? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think when it comes to Cooper Cup, I think it's his ability to read coverages at, 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 at the line of scrimmage. Uh, they, they run a lot of choice traps with him. So just, just his you know, deep understanding and knowing what the coverage is going to be and, and knowing, knowing where to run his, his route, I think is, is his sort of superpower. And then um, <laughs> Nikua, I think it's just, it's his ability to, to, to block in the run game. I think he's the fourth highest graded blocking wide receiver on PFF this year. Um, he is a key cog in, the, in, in making that run game go. They'll, they'll, they'll run, they'll bring him in motion to run him through the C gap and put him, um, have, have him block up against a linebacker or, or, or safety. So um He's, 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 been, he's been key in kind of turning that run game around. And um, yeah, that, that was kind of an asset that they missed when they traded away Robert Woods. And it was probably time to trade, to trade away Robert Woods when they did, but it was definitely something that they that they missed and um, not something that, that Allen Robinson did when they, when, when they signed him for a lot of money. So having having Puka Nakua, um, you know, doing that in the run game has certainly, certainly helped him out and been his superpower. Just like a quick follow-up, Blaine, like the Rams, you know, they get Cooper Cup after he, you know, starts the season sidelined with injury, comes back. Like how quickly do do those two maybe, um, you know, come together and, and, and things are just working brilliantly or, or was there a little bit of like a, you know, figuring out process or was it, or was it pretty seamless? Uh, I think that there was a figuring out, out process. I mean, I think Cooper Cup kind of came out of the gate slow when he, when he came back from, from IR, but I think that's, that's also just, him and Matthew Stafford getting back on the same page. I think you, you, you guys know like, there's 
Stafford has a tendency to kind of when he when he has his guy, he locks in on that guy. Um, and so I, I think it just kind of took took, took them a while to um, to yeah, bring, bring those two together and get, get them both go through both involved in a way that it made sense. Well, the other half of the passing game is obviously the the offensive front, the front the the offensive line. Um, you look at some of the pressure numbers, the sack numbers, they seem relatively low. Um, and, and I guess from an outsider point of view, it's hard to know what's that, uh, what's the reasoning for that. You know, you look at some of the stats like Matthew Stafford, I think is the fourth or fifth fastest to get the ball out of his hands. Um, you mentioned it right now, you know, short yards passing game. So, so maybe it is like the ball's getting out there quicker or, is has the offensive line taken kind of major steps since you know losing some of their major players a couple of years ago? Um, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, yeah. the, the the offensive line I think has overperformed, and and it goes back to what I said earlier. And, and this team just kind of kind of growing. I think you looked at this group at the beginning of the year, and uh, it was hard to be optimistic about them. I I, I like what what Alaric Jackson showed at times last year, but I I kind of saw more as a kind of a, a six man on the offensive line. Um. Kevin Dotson was a player that the Steelers had kind of given up, given up on, and he's he's playing at arguably an All Pro level since mm-hmm. since he took over in Week Five. Uh, Rob Rob Havenstein is a solid as ever at right, right tackle, and Coleman Shelton is um, kind of replacement level at center, and Steve Avila is beyond his years at, at left guard as as, as a rookie. So uh, they've they, they've they've grown together as the years as the years gone on over the last four weeks. I think they ranked second in pass block pass blocking efficiency. So. Um, yeah, they, they've just grown, grown and gotten better as, as, as the years gone on. And I think that's the, for this, for this show the offense to work at its best, that offense, that offensive, that offensive line needs to be playing well, as, as, as we've seen every year that in 2021, 2017, 2018, um, you, you go back to those years and they were one of the best units in, in the league during those years. And so they're, they're playing like that right now. And it's, it, it shows. So Blaine, I, I think people maybe around Detroit are a little bit concerned, uh, maybe even myself. So, um, you know, in the lead up to this matchup, thinking about, well, you know, the way that the Lions have been able to generate pressure has been Aaron Glenn has said, I'll send five, six, seven dudes, maybe, um, and, and and get after your quarterback that way. Not exactly a recipe to, to pick apart Matthew Stafford. So I, I guess my question is for a team like the Rams, who um, I believe they rank six in adjusted sack rate. So they've been able to keep Matthew Stafford upright. Um, how have they been able to handle the blitz? And, and what have you seen maybe from Matthew uh, in terms of his ability to to react to the blitz? And I know you mentioned the Wink, uh, Wink Martindale game against the Giants, but like maybe kind of like as a whole. Um, yeah, it, it is something that, as a whole, I think they. I think it depends on on how how you bring that pressure. I think if you if you bring it creatively and bring it from from different levels and bring certain certain stunts and things like that, that is something that they've struggled at times to diagnose where that pressure is coming from. So I think if you can you know get creative creative with your looks and and, th- and things like that, you can certainly um, certainly get a couple free free, free rushes to, to, to come through and, and, and get to Stafford. And uh, back in 2021, he, he was right hot against the blitz, but, I, but I, I wouldn't say that's, that that's been the case this year. I think part of that is just that their ability to die, to diagnose where that pressure, where, where, where that pressure is coming from. Interesting. That maybe, maybe a little ray of hope there, Ryan. <laughs> Something, anything, I'll take anything. <laughs> Cause yeah, I mean, obviously this is the matchup that, that worries the lines the most is, is Matthew Stafford picking apart the secondary that, that has had issues with good quarterbacks, had issues with bad quarterbacks, had issues with really good receiving cores. Um, but let's, let's sw- switch things over to the running game because they're just as dynamic there. And 
And that makes them, at least to me, one of the more dangerous offenses the Lions have faced this season. Um, there hasn't been a lot of teams that are as well balanced as the Rams in the NFL outside of maybe a, a team like the Lions. But Kyron Williams, where did this guy come from, Blaine? Like, it, it seems like even Rams fans are were pretty surprised by how big of a breakout he's had. So how did it happen? What makes him so special so far? And and is this is this something that, like... The Rams now have this guy who is going to consistently challenge for the rushing title now. Yeah, I, I, like even going back to his rookie year, he was a guy that the Rams were really high on and they really liked. And then on the opening kickoff against the Bills, um, their their kick returner kind of just one of those freak plays where he he rolled over Kyle Williams' ankle, and that was kind of that was kind of that for his rookie season. Um, but yeah, coming into this coming into this year. They, they they really made a lot of changes to their running game. The Rams have always been this wide zone this wide zone running running team, which you typically see with these Shanahan offenses. And this year they've completely they completely changed that up. They're more they run a lot of duo. They're more of a gap power type team. They they, they block at you rather than side to side. Um, and and that complete that that fits what Kyron Williams Kyron what Kyron Williams does. Um, just just his, his shiftiness, his ability to, to create. I think he ranks second in, in yards created, tenth in missed tackles forced, and second since he returned in week twelve. Um, and then just just his ability, the ability to not take negative plays. I mean, in, in the run game, um, I mean, you see a lot of teams fall into these like second and ten, second and twelve situations because because they run on first down, and that, that just doesn't happen with Kyron Williams. I think he only has a seven percent tackle for loss percentage, uh, so so he's not taking those taking those negative plays, which. Which in turn puts puts Rams offense in a favorable second to second second down and third down situations rather than these second long must pass situations where you know the offensive line sort of you know the defense is p- 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 pinning their ears back and able to um to to to, to rush Stafford. Yeah. So so Blaine, I think in um you know I guess in in your opinion because as Jeremy mentions here in our rundown and, and he's spot on right this is this feels like a uh, strength versus. Um, kind of weakness thing um, in, in terms of, I think the, the, or, or maybe it's kind of strength on strength more so. So like, I, I think when it comes to Kyron Williams and his ability to run the football, he's proven that pro bowl level, right? Um, however, going up against a lion's run defense, that's ranked first in the NFL in, in, you know, rush DVOA. How do you feel those two strengths kind of match up on Sunday? Um, yeah, so um, Nate Tice over at the Athletic put, uh, released his, um, his 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 weekly piece on Yahoo t- today, and actually put out this stat about that was like kind of give, give me a little, little more confidence than I think I had coming coming into the show. Um, but the uh, the Rams run a lot of duo, like uh, like a lot of duo, and the Lions allow the fourth most EPA have allowed the fourth most EPA against duo this year. So. Um, I, I am I am just interested to see if the Lions make any adjustments, any any adjustments, any adjustments to that. Um, and 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 like you said, the the Lions run defense has been very good this year. I think they've only allowed one 100 yard, yard rusher, and that was to Justin Fields. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's an interesting matchup for 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 for, for sure. Um, and but what the what the Rams do, and then like I said, they do run a lot of duo. It just kind of seems to match up where the Lions haven't have. If there is a weakness to 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 their ability to defend the run, it it is defending duo. All right, last thing before we go to our first break here, uh, I, I always like to ask this of our guests because I'm just kind of curious as to where their anxiety lies in this matchup. So if you're you know if you're Sean McVay in this game and you're going up against this Lions defense, what is your biggest concern about what Detroit does? Um, I think it's just 
they're playmakers in the secondary. I think they've gotten, I think they're better in the secondary than I think they're given credit for. Brian Branch has been fantastic this year. Um, they, they get CJ Garner. They've, they've got CJ Garner Johnson back. And I think he's a player that they really missed this year. Um, Mel Fonwu has, has, has really come on as of late. So um, it's, 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 it, it does scare me because Stafford has a tendency or he, he can um, kind of make an ill advice. So every, every, every now and then, and if, if one of those DBs gets their hands on the ball, it might go for six the other way. So I, I think that's, that's my biggest concern. Interesting. I, I don't think you're wrong. Um, I think Lions fans might disagree with it. I actually, I actually think you're onto something there too, because especially in the, in the, particularly in the last month, right. And the Lions have kind of come on defensively in terms of disruptive plays, in terms of passes, break, pass breakups in terms of interceptions. Now, some of that is helped up by a certain quarterback in Minnesota, but in general, I, th- I think the Lions back end, obviously their outside corners is a, is a huge issue, but their back end is capable is, is full of guys who can make plays. Right, Ryan? Yeah. And I mean, they just added another guy in CJ Gardner Johnson in his first game back, he gets gifted an interception, but sometimes it's always like nice to get one, right? Like yeah. it's nice to get one under your belt and maybe, maybe they come in bunches after that. Right. So I, I you know, I think there's something to that. And we, we talked about it a little bit on the, on the podcast the other day about, you know, getting some guys back on defense that maybe can provide an opportunity for Detroit to, to throw some new looks at the Rams that aren't necessarily on tape. So, yeah, but don't don't tell CJ Gardner Johnson that one interception will help him kind of come in bunches, because according to him, he doesn't care about interceptions. He, he used he used a little bit more colorful language, but he says he just wants to raise two more banners. That's that's his focus. Not he doesn't need any certain kind of interceptions that starts with an F. Uh, Anyways, let's take a break. When we come back, more Lions-Rams breakdown. We're going to flip things around, talk about the Lions offense going up against the Rams defense. When we come back here on First Bite. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge? That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we are back here on First Bite previewing Lions, Rams, Playoff, Wildcard, Golf, Stafford, Narratives, Narratives, Narratives. <laughs> We're here with Blaine Greasack of Turf Show Times to help get us to know this Rams team a little better beyond just the Matthew Stafford storylines. And in fact, we're going to get to know the Rams defense here because we talked about their offense in the first segment. Now let's see how they match up against an electric 
Lions offense. And when you talk Rams defense, you got to start with Aaron Donald. So let's start there. Uh, Aaron Donald, I, I guess, Blaine, I just want to know what percentage Aaron Donald are we getting in 2023 or 2024, I guess, at this point? Is it is it 70 percent Hall of Fame Aaron Donald? Is he still like rocking the 90, 90 percentile Aaron Donald? What, what are we seeing from him these days? I would still say he's 90% Aaron Donald. He, he still he still led all defensive linemen in, in, in pressures and defensive tackles and pass rush win rate. He still does things that just kind of make your mouth drop. You're like, did he really just do that uh, on an almost on a weekly basis? So the, 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 the sack numbers aren't necessarily there. Uh, he's not necessarily a defensive player of the year level that that he that he was at, but um, he's still he's still uh, a guy that he's he's getting double and triple teamed on a weekly basis for a reason. That was like 20% higher than I was hoping an answer for. <laughs> <laughs> uh like it when it when it comes to Aaron Donald though I think we've kind of known him as like the the game record of all game records and you mentioned you know in terms of pressures and things like that um what about Aaron Donald as the run defender um yeah I I I, I think he I don't think he gets enough uh, credit for what he does in the run game uh, I I let's not say he's a great run defender by any means he he's a, he has a because he's so small, he has to be able to. Um, in, in, by so small, he's, he's not relatively small, speaking. By, yes, by, by, by any means. But, um, but but he he needs to be able to get off the line quick, and because because that he, he can he can sometimes over pursue, which leaves can leave the gap open. So um, when those things happen, it, it can lead, it can lead to, lead to a big run. But at the same time, because of that speed, he can also meet the running back at the handoff at the handoff at the handoff point and meet you four yards in the backfield. That reminds me of that. Was it was an ESPN guy like three years ago? It's like Aaron Donald's a bad run defender. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, actually, according to my graph that I've made. <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously not so much the case. But yeah, there is there is if there is a vulnerability to his game, it's it's what Blaine just described there. But let, let's move right next to Aaron Donald, where uh, a new phenom is is arising. The reigning rookie defensive player of the month, if I'm not mistaken, Colby Turner is having a ridiculous year. Um, I think, again, if if there was a Lions fan in the Lions fan on my shoulder trying to discredit his season, they're probably saying, oh, well, he's playing next to Aaron Donald. Tell tell, tell Lions fans why that's a, a probably wrong way to think about how Colby Turner is playing right now. Yeah, I mean, you're you're hoping for a seventy percent Aaron Donald, Jeremy, and I, you get you get seventy percent of Aaron Donald of Kelby Turner. Um, <laughs> just, 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 I mean, they they are kind of like they 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 do have some similarities. Just their their quickness off the line, um, their 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 their, their motors. Um, Turner is just absolutely relentless, and and you 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 get kind of that attitude. This was a guy that was snubbed from the NFL Combine last year, and you kind of get that attitude from him on the field is, is this guy that was overlooked throughout the entire draft process until the until the Rams draft t- took him in the third round and he's a guy that Les Need absolutely loved he, he stood on the table for, for Turner in the draft room and um and yeah I mean you, you are going to get the people who say well he's playing next to Aaron Donald but well I still have a lot of the other defensive linemen over over Aaron Donald's nine-year career and uh, Turner is the only one with 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 nine sacks I think the the, the next closest was Michael Brockers with with, with five um and also, being just kind of kind of on the on the smaller side side, Turner has been been fantastic in the run game. Twenty four run stops, which is which is seven more than any other uh, rookie rookie interior defensive lineman. Um, so yeah, he's he's been an all around player and 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 a pleasant surprise. 
Well, um, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, the Rams passing defense, because I think that that's an area where Lions fans, again, have kind of circled as, you know, the Lions might have an advantage here. Um, you know, the, the Rams passing defense in terms of their secondary, in terms of you know their ability to to maybe get pressure from from other places outside of just uh, up the middle with Aaron Donald and, and, and Kobe Turner. So. Talk to us a little bit about the the passing defense and and how it's you know struggled a little, little bit down here the or down in the stretch twenty uh, fifth in pass DVOA seventeenth in in EPA in the uh, in in weeks I think Jeremy it's uh, fourteen, 14 to through set fourteen to seventeen yeah, yeah. Um, not including the finale because the the mid off between Carson Wentz and and you know Sam Darnold is just nothing that anybody wanted Blaine but <laughs> um, with that table let's talk about you know the the struggles that the the Rams passing defense has statistically had but how do you feel about it uh no they that, that would be a fair assessment they definitely struggle at times and uh i, I think it's just kind of a, a lack of experience i mean you don't you don't get rid of Jalen ramsey and get better um in the in in in, in the secondary um uh, they they were for, for a lot of the year they rely on Darian Kendrick who's who's really not a, not a fast player and it was a sixth round pick on the on, on the boundary and he was very he, he had some good moments but he was very up and down uh, a, t- a tendency to be, be be grabby which led to penalties and a tendency to give, give up big plays vertically. Um, Akella Wellerspoon has been a pleasant surprise as kind of a, one of those low value free agent signings that the Rams made this this summer and he, he has been good i believe he leads 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 the team in interceptions with three uh but he tends to play from the trail which can lead to him getting beat vertically and there, there's been times this year where he's he's gotten gotten lucky with either a bad pass from the quarterback or 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 the, or the, the sideline helping helping him out a little bit um so he he he, he he's prone prone to prone to the big play as well and then uh, they kind of started kobe durant uh in the slot in their in their star role on defense and, and he struggled out of the gate and so they've moved quentin lake there and he he's been he he's he, he's been he's been all right but um kobe turner he's been a, or kobe 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 durant sorry he's been um a plus he's been better on the outside than, than Jerry kendrick has been but they kind of rotate them in and out it's just it's just a very inexperienced group i think that their their safeties um rest east uh, Lake and um, and Lake, they're both in year two, so it's just a very inexperienced group, and with that comes a lot of lot of lot of up and downs. Is there is there a particular type of receiver or scheme that that they struggle with in, in you know more so than than most? Because you know you're looking at the Lions and they have a lot of ways that can they can hurt you, right? You have an Amon Ross St. Brown, you might have a Sam Laporta this week, but you also have a Jamison Williams that can stretch the field. So you know again, kind of putting yourself in the defensive coordinator position. What about the Lions' weapons scares you the most? Given the the Rams' weaknesses here, out of those guys, uh, J- Jamison Williams scares me the most. He has that mm-hmm. big playability, that ability, that ability to stretch the field, um, and those are the types of receivers that the Rams have let kind of run run run, run by them this year. And, and and unlike a lot of quarterbacks, the Rams have played this year. Josh Josh Dobbs, name one of them. Um, Goff has the ability to hit. He has he has a pretty deep ball. He has the ability to hit to hit those guys and they make and make you pay for. For letting those, letting those guys get 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 past you, I think Rams ranked nineteenth and 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 explosive play play rate allowed, and uh, I think the Lions are second and most explosive plays. So uh, yeah, I think Jamison Williams for sure has uh, has we scared a little bit. Uh, another player, as you know, I th- I think what was interesting about the Rams kind of like retooling on the fly, so to speak, is you know you mentioned Jalen Ramsey out another player in the middle that was a big guy for Bobby Wagner, right? Like you remove Bobby Wagner. Um, talk about the role that Ernest Jones played, um, you know, filling in um, for that, that spot, that hole that, you know, a hall of fame player left. 
Oh yeah, I mean Ernest Jones has been absolutely fantastic, and um, I, I think they were they, they were kind of ready for him to take that step after his rookie season. Uh, but they had the opportunity to sign Bobby Wagner, and so when you have that opportunity, of course, you sign Bobby Wagner. Um, but yeah, uh, after after you know, kind of sitting behind Bobby Wagner for a year, Ernest Jones has really taken that taken that step forward. I think he leads all linebackers and pressures this year. They, they they use him as a blitzer a lot, and I think that's something that they will try to do in this game. That's actually I think a matchup that I'm looking forward to the most is just that Lions interior offensive line and the Rams interior defensive line paired with Ernest Jones coming in as, as, as a blitzer. And especially when you have a guy like Jameer Gibbs who has struggled in pass protection at times this year, um, how do the Lions adjust to that and, um, and sort of make, make, make Rams pay for bringing extra, for bringing extra guys. Um, it's, it's going to be interesting, I think. But yeah, I mean, Ernest Jones has been absolutely fantastic, and uh, it, in my opinion, he's, he, he was stubbed out of a Pro Bowl spot. But uh, yeah, it, it's it. He's he's been fantastic. Yeah, that, that, definitely a fascinating matchup. Obviously, because of the, the interior defenders that the Rams have, and you know, I, I think the Lions' offensive line is, is is strong up the middle. Obviously, Frank Ragnow is, is arguably one of the best centers, arguably the best center, inarguably one of the best centers in football. Yeah. Um, but like Jonah, Jonah Jackson and Graham Glasgow have not been playing their best football as of late. That said, Graham Glasgow has been having a phenomenal year. So maybe this is a bounce back game, but it, it's going to be a challenge. And and I think you bring up a good point with Jameer Gibbs. I would say David Montgomery has been a pretty good pass protector, but Jameer Gibbs is definitely a little bit of a li- liability if he's out there. Um, and while we're talking about the interior offensive line and defensive line going against us, we, we have to talk about the, the rushing matchup because that again, kind of seems like a strength for strength kind of matchup here. And we know the Rams are going to want to run the ball. We certainly know the lines are going to want to run the ball. So what's your confidence level in, in, in that matchup, given that the lines have been one of the better rushing teams in, in football this year, while the Rams are tr- certainly trending in the right direction in terms of their run defense. Yeah, it's, I, that, that is a matchup that I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to. Um, Especially with with the guy that with the guy that gives us just so explosive and brings 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 a lot of speed. Uh, the the Rams edge rushers I think can 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 be expo- can be exploited, but at the same time the Rams have they've only allowed one 100 yard rusher this season, and, and that's Christian McCaffrey all the way back in week two. Um, the Rams do a good job of rotating of rotating their defensive line, which keeps guys which keeps guys fresh. I think for, for you know uh, Michael Hoyt, who was a who was a transition defensive lineman ed, to edge rusher this year, and Byron Young, who's, who's a third round edge ed, edge rusher and experience. They've done a pretty good job at, at containing those edges and forcing plays back inside to 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 their big body defensive linemen. Um, but yeah, it's it, 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 it's going to be interesting for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um. All right, Blaine, I, th- I think we have uh, w- one other question to throw your way. We we did it in the first segment. We told you to put on your Sean McVay hat. Um, if you're Raheem Morris and you're on the Rams, uh, you know, defense, you're thinking about how to stop this Lions offense, what's keeping you up at night? What's your biggest concern as the defensive coordinator uh, stand in for the Rams when it comes to this Lions offense? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of mentioned it earlier. I think I think it's Seamus it's, it's Williams. Like if I'm Raheem Morris, I'm doing everything possible to to mitigate the damage to mitigate the damage on those explosive plays, um, and then just you know with the creativity in Ben Johnson. You know, is is he able? The Rams deep back end they've gotten uh, they've gotten undisciplined at times and allowing a leak player to come out come out the backside. Um, just un, 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 uncovered, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if Ben Johnson tried something there. And so I, I'm, if I'm Raheem Morris, I'm making sure that our, our guys know our our our, our discipline on back end and 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 know and know their rules. 
That's fair. Yeah. And and Jameson Williams is such a fascinating player on, on our end because um, obviously a slow start to the season once he, he came back from suspension, but they really started utilizing him as a, as a true number two right before he suffers his ankle injury and misses the, the regular season finale. But it's been a full go at practice, so it certainly seems like he might step right back into that number two role. And it, you know, he hasn't really had that one breakout game yet, Blaine, but this this seems like it's 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 a, there's a potential there to happen. And and the one thing we did see towards the end of the regular season was a concerted effort to get him the football, whether it's end arounds, whether it's wide receiver screens or, or really anywhere in the route tree, which is different than before, because before it was all just about kind of the deep pass and those deep shots and utilizing the the, the straight line speed. But now uh, now they're they're utilizing it in different ways. And if they're you know, if, if if the Rams are vulnerable on the edge, maybe maybe we do see a little bit more of those end arounds um, reverse type of plays. Um, but we'll get into that in a second here because it is now time for our prediction segment, which we call the one thing we think we know. I forgot to explain this to you, Blaine. So listen up and we're going to we'll, we'll do a couple examples before it's your turn anyways. But the one thing we think we know is a, a prediction portion where we predict anything about the game. It doesn't necessarily have to be the winner or loser or the score or anything like that. But if you want to go that direction, you absolutely can. Um, it can be Matthew Stafford throws for three touchdowns. Aaron Donald gets a strip sack. It could be Jamison Williams gets two touchdowns. Uh, just something that you have a, a relative amount of confidence or a gut feeling of what you think is going to happen. And as always, we kick things off with Ryan Matthews. Ryan. What is the one thing you thing you think you know about the inaugural version of First Bite and Lions versus Rams playoff edition? Uh, we got to work on shortening that title. <laughs> you of all people. Um, okay, so this is tough. I put a lot of pressure on myself thinking about this, and here's here's an interesting thing I found digging. Um, so Jameer Gibbs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Phenomenal rookie season. I think the one area that he's sort of underwhelmed in is his receiving ability, you know, the drops especially. And um, what I found interesting about his drops, uh, he said six on the season. Seems like a lot. He only dropped one ball in college last year with Alabama. Mm -hmm. Five of those drops came behind the line of scrimmage. I think that this is the week where Eric gets what he wants. I think that we get Jameer Gibbs past the line of scrimmage, running Texas routes, running, you know, routes downfield. That's been the thing. I mean, that was the thing all offseason, Jeremy, that like people were trying to highlight about Gibbs, right? Yeah. Like when we had when, when we had our, our first bite preview about Jameer Gibbs, we brought, you know, we brought multiple people on it to, to talk about Gibbs. It was like, man, this guy has downfield receiving ability. I'm thinking that we get some downfield receiving from Jameer Gibbs. I know his over under for receiving yards is set at like 21 and a half. I feel like that's an over his receptions is at three and a half. It's at plus money though, which I think is sort of interesting. I'm just thinking that we're going to get a bigger Jameer Gibbs receiving impact than we have all season long. Okay. If, I mean, if we get a Jameer Gibbs wheel route that succeeds Ryan, I'm I'm going to be sweating as long as it's not a flea flicker, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, all right, Blaine, we'll go to you next. What is the one thing you think, you know, about lions Rams? All right. One thing I think I know about this game is I think Ernest Jones is going to have two sacks in this game. I, I think the I think, 
I, I, I think Raheem Morris knows that in order to knock Jared Goff off of his game, you have to get, you have to pressure him through the interior. I see him blitzing Raheem, blitzing Ernest Jones a lot in this game, and so I see Ernest Jones with with two sacks and flustering off a little bit. Certainly a possibility. It's it's going to be one of the bigger challenges in this in this game for lines, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, because of all of the things that they can disrupt in the center of that line. And I hope you're wrong. But I could certainly see that happening. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little off book here, Ryan. I am again going to make it a two things I think I know, and one thing that I almost okay. never do on this show is going to be one of them. The first one is not that. The first one is the lines are going to hit on a trick play. It feels like it's been a little too long, and I'm not talking like a fake punt. I'm not talking about like a fake a surprise onside kick. I mean an offensive play, some offensive play trickery. Like I think. This could be Ben Johnson's last game. I think while, while the lines are like, we, we're treating this like every other week. We don't need to, we, we don't want to push things. We don't want to force things. Nah. The, this one, one this, game illumination. This is this. This is a stage that Ben Johnson has never been on. This is a stage that Dan Campbell's only been on as well, I guess as a coach and a player, but this is a special stage. They're going to put on a show in front of the home crowd. They're going to, they're going to, bring it back to the, the lions Rams 2021 game where they pulled oh, like man. four trick plays. Oh yeah. They, they threw everything and the kitchen sink at yes. the Rams that day. I'm, I'm hoping it's not a flea flicker, but I'm not counting out that it might be a flea flicker because Ben Johnson does like flea flickers. And I feel like he, he'd like wink at me after he called it, you know, <laughs> kind of like he did in the, uh, the press conference. <laughs> the other thing I think I know, I don't do this often, Ryan, the Lions win. Wow. I'm making a, I'm just going to make a straight up prediction here. Lions win. I'm not going to explain myself. This is just, this is the gut. This is the Dan Campbell gut. This, there isn't, this isn't an on paper preview. This isn't analytics. This is just going with my gut. Lions win. Any prediction on how it happens? Nope. Not going to, not, not going to even go that far because you know what? If you read my on paper preview, it might come to a different conclusion. I don't know at this point. So don't, don't hold me to one or the other because <laughs> I'm, I'm fully aware that I might just be a hypocrite this week. I don't care. Oh, I'll play both he, sides. This is what's happening. This classic Jeremy Reisman. <laughs> I'm, hedging, he's, I'm he, hedging. He's he's telling you he's done something unprecedented, but wait until 10 <laughs> o'clock in the morning tomorrow, everybody. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get out of here, Blaine, I want to give you the floor here to kind of promote your stuff, promote, Promote Turf Show Times. Say your name right so I don't blow it like I did at the beginning of the show, which I still feel bad about. My bad. Um, but but yeah, take the floor. Uh, tell us where they can find you on, on the interwebs and, and what sort of stuff maybe you guys have cooking over there at Turf Show Times. Um, yeah, so you can find me over at TurfShowTimes.com. I uh, have 10 articles there every week. Um, so be sure to, to, to read my stuff, especially this week. You're probably not interested in it um, other, other weeks. But the, 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 this week the, this week, this week might, might, might catch you a little bit. Um, and then you can find me on Twitter at, at BGreaseTST. Perfect. All right, Blaine. Well, I appreciate you making some time. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a real interesting game. Um, but, uh, you know, take care of Matthew after after we beat him. He's going to need some consoling. Will do. Thanks, guys. I appreciate having you on. Thanks, buddy. All right. That'll do it for our preview show. Guys, that is our last podcast stuff before the playoff game. So if you missed it, we did a full POD cast with me, Ryan, and uh, and Chris. Um, and so much more is coming your way after. But we will see you guys on the other side, man. It is going to be crazy. It, 
if you're at Ford Field, make sure you get loud and get loud while they're in the huddle. Like Alex Anzalone asked, don't wait for them to break the huddle. We don't want them to hear the snap count. We don't want to hear them play. But until then, for Ryan, for myself, it's chaos. Be kind. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on Home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.